Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about the past. And I guess this topic is on my mind because right now, as I'm recording this, I'm rolling up on my mom's three-year anniversary of her murder. And so I'm thinking a lot about what it is to honor my past with her, all the things that happened to her, to me, the things that happened between us. And there is a balancing act that I have to achieve here in which all of this reflection and this revisiting of old memories that is healthy, that's the difference between honoring her and our life together, and unhealthy, which is dwelling on all the terrible things that happened, all the things that I wish I could change or things that I wish had gone differently. So more specifically, I hope today to clarify the difference between dwelling on our past and honoring our past, because there is a big difference and it does require some wisdom, some discernment to clearly see those differences, especially if we are wrapped up in an emotionally charged moment. So like I said, it's definitely a balancing act. How to acknowledge what we've been through, how to give ourselves credit, to be honest about our experiences while not suppressing them, but also not letting them overtake us or ruin our present moment, or even worse, generate fear about the future. And that's definitely where I struggled a lot, not letting my difficult past convince me that my future was also going to be bleak. (laughs) Because I've mentioned that before, the kind of emotional programming you have to overcome if you come from a chronically difficult situation. If you are exposed to trauma after trauma after trauma, you're going to start to believe that things are bad, they will always be bad, and they will continue to be bad. And so it does take some effort to reprogram the mind. And so honoring our past experiences while avoiding dwelling on negative experiences requires a balanced and intentional approach. Another word for dwelling in the past is rumination, so ruminating about something. And rumination is not helpful. It doesn't serve us in any way. It's the opposite of honoring, actually. So rumination refers to the tendency to repetitively dwell on thoughts or feelings or memories in a negative way. So it often involves overthinking or analyzing past events. Or it could focus on regrets, mistakes, negative feelings, negative experiences. Rumination is characterized by a pattern of persistent and intrusive thoughts that are difficult to stop or control. So when someone is ruminating, when I'm ruminating, I'll find that I'm replaying past situations, I'm analyzing the what-ifs, or I'm obsessing about perceived failures or shortcomings. I might also experience heightened negative emotions such as sadness or guilt or shame as I continuously mull over the same thoughts and feelings over and over. If I'm focusing on things that can't be changed, I can't change that my mom was an alcoholic. I could not change that she had her mental disorder, right? I can't change that my dad was verbally, emotionally, psychologically abusive, that he's never going to love me or accept me for who I am. 
I can't change that. I dated these exes who were all cheaters. <laughs> they all cheated on me and made me feel terrible about myself. I can't change the fact that I was bullied in high school, that being a gay teenager in a small conservative town was not the best combination. These are all things that happened and I'm never going to be able to change any of those experiences. So the bad memories that I have, they are fixed in time. I don't have a time machine. I can't go back and rewrite those experiences. And so it does me no good to think about them, to replay them, to wish that I could change them or to wish that they were different. Because they are unchangeable, it means that all that's left to do is to find a way to accept what's happened, to make peace with what's happened. And not only will making peace with my past bring me a great deal of emotional healing, which it has, but it also has a lot of other benefits. When we make peace with our past, when we choose not to ruminate or to dwell, we start to heal emotionally. So when I made peace with the past, I gave myself the opportunity to heal all the emotional wounds that I had. That meant letting go of my resentment that I had been born into a family like mine. Like, why couldn't I have had things easier? Why did I have to be the person in my family to solve all the trauma issues? <laughs> Why couldn't they have done the work? Why did all the work of the generational trauma fall to me? They were all traumatized too. Why couldn't someone else have gone to therapy or to get help or to get out of the situation? You know, so there was a lot of resentment. There was a lot of anger towards my dad, the way he talked to me, the way he made me feel like the most worthless person on the planet. And there was a lot of pain associated with different experiences that made it difficult for me to feel like I could move on because I was still pretty sore about X, Y, and Z that happened. And so emotional healing allows me to move through all of that to have a sense of peace and contentment and emotional freedom in place of those old emotions. So now that I have a value of who I am today, and I don't think I would be the person I am today if I had not gone through the things I had gone through, I am a more loving and forgiving person because I did not have a lot of love and forgiveness growing up. And so it's something that I value now. It's something I find precious. And that's just one example. There are many things. But I now value those experiences, even though at one point I did not. And so that kind of helps connect me to that feeling of peace as well. Peace and contentment and appreciation for what I have gone through. It can also help with self-acceptance. So making peace with the past involved me accepting myself completely. Flaws and all, it meant embracing everything that I went through, everything I did, past mistakes, mistakes that I made. In my own unique little journey, recognizing what I did and did not do that contributed to who I am today. And this self-acceptance fosters self-love, self-compassion, a greater sense of self-worth. I also have improved my relationships by making peace with the past. So by positively looking at the things that I value, that I care about, that are important to me, and also nurturing those traits in other people, the people that I'm connected to, that has helped. But also if I had never let go of my grudges or my resentments, I would not have been able to free up the mental space, the emotional space that I needed to have these healthy, authentic connections. Because all the old programming, the old issues, they'd be clouding up my mind. They'd be cluttering up my life. There would be no room for new, open-hearted connections with other people. Healing the past, making peace with the past also has enhanced my resilience. So it's allowed me to find meaning and to learn from the things that I've been through. And that built resilience. It built my confidence in myself and my ability to believe that I can deal with stuff. I can go through hard things and be okay to come out the other side even stronger than before. 
And so it definitely equips us with the ability to navigate future obstacles with greater strength and perspective, kind of future-proof us. So now, obviously, I would never want to revisit any of the terrible things. (laughs) If you've been listening to Who Killed My Mother and then this podcast, you know, I've been through some terrible things. I would never want to go back and do those things again. But now that I have an appreciation for my past and what I've been through, I'm less afraid about terrible things cropping up in the future. Because I'm like, look, I have already been through hell. (laughs) Like, what's possibly going to come up on my horizon that I have not already been battle-tested for? You know, so this idea of appreciating where you've been makes you feel more confident about your ability to face the future. It's also increased my present moment awareness. So when I made peace with the past, I essentially freed myself up from the burden of constantly dwelling on what had happened. I did not have to keep replaying everything that happened. I could just be like, it's all done. It's in the past. I don't need to do anything with that anymore. None of that is a part of my life now. My life is so different. And just focus on the good things and the good opportunities, the amazing experiences that have since entered my life. Focusing on that, it has allowed me to be much more present in my day-to-day life, which has been really beautiful. It's also improved my mental well-being. So letting go of negative emotions that I associated with my past has helped me to improve my overall mental well-being. It's reduced my stress, my anxiety, my depressive symptoms. I'm definitely not suicidal or bulimic anymore, which were things that I was dealing with when I was still very much wrapped up in my unresolved trauma and my difficulties. And now I have a lot more freedom to pursue my personal growth by focusing on what self-limiting beliefs do I still have that are stuck in there? What narratives do I have that I want to unprogram? Things that I now understand where they come from. Like I know why I have this belief that's not true. Maybe it was my dad who convinced me of something. And so now that I understand that and I have separated myself from the past, I can be like, okay, well, now we know that's not true. So what are we going to do about it to help deprogram it? How are we going to get it out of our head and not entertain this anymore? And so the focus is just different. It's a lot more space that's been opened up for my growth, for my self-discovery, figuring out who I really am. It's really hard when you're in a traumatic situation for a long time or you're dealing with difficult circumstances, you lose sight of who you are. Like you just don't know who you are. You're reacting to everything and you don't have a clear sense of your abilities as a person. And so it's really beautiful when you can let go of all that. You can just push all of that aside. I don't want to use the word push. I worry that people hear that and they think suppress. I don't want to say suppress, but you process it. You process it to the side. (laughs) Can I say that? (laughs) You process it and it's out of the way. And because of that, you have a lot more space and you're able to focus on new goals, new aspirations, on increasing happiness and life satisfaction. The things that matter, giving yourself a greater sense of happiness and focusing on making more positive relationships, for example, if you listen to last week's episode, or cultivating self-acceptance or having just a general overall sense of well-being. And so those are all the positive things that can happen if you let go of the past, which is very different than if you ruminate instead. If you're dwelling on the past, if you're focusing on the past, then you have more stress anxiety. You're thinking only about the things that could go wrong, about all the terrible things that have happened. Maybe you have heightened depressive symptoms. So for example, a lot of negative thought patterns or feelings of hopelessness or the inability to find positive solutions or perspectives. It also impacts our ability to solve problems or make decisions. If we're really struggling with the past or the things we can't change, if we're just going it over and over again in our mind, we're trying to change the unchangeable because again, the past is fixed. It's happened. It's done. 
And so if we're focused on trying to change something that we can't change because it's over and done, it prevents us from seeking solutions or action to our current present day issues, right? We're stuck in the cycle of overthinking rather than being proactive about the challenges we have now in our present life. And ruminating also affects our relationships. It can negatively impact relationships. So for example, when I first started uh, building friendships or dating outside of my trauma situation, my negative beliefs, my expectation of the worst could happen. That put strain on the people I was trying to make relationships with because they did not understand why I was expecting the worst to happen. They didn't understand why I thought this was terrible. (laughs) Anytime now we're going to explode. They didn't understand that, right? Because we were coming from very different places in our lives. And so instead of ruminating, there are several things that you can do to break that habit of dwelling on the past. Mindfulness and self-awareness is something that I use to break my habit of dwelling on the past. Developing mindfulness helped me to become more aware of my thoughts, of my emotions without judgment. It helped me to recognize when I was doing it, when I was focusing on the past and on the things I could not change rather than redirecting my attention to the present moment. And again, go back and listen to those meditation episodes, those basic skill episodes early in the show. Also, thought challenging, thinking about what I was focusing on. So just talking sense to yourself means in that sense, if I'm like, God, if only I could just have saved her and helped her not be a drunk, the sensical thing to say to myself would be, listen, do you really think you were going to make her not be able to drink? Like, that was a decision for her. Like, how are you going to not make her an alcoholic? She had unresolved PTSD from being sexually abused as a very young child for her whole life. Like, what what are you going to do about that? What could you have possibly done? Absolutely nothing. And so being sensible when your mind is not being sensible, talking sense to yourself, And then also problem-solving, action-oriented approach. Instead of dwelling on my past events, I focused on things that I could do now, things that I could actually change. So again, the past is fixed, but my present moment and my future is still wide open. And because my present and my future is still wide open, that's where my energy is best served. And so it's better for me to spend my time and energy on my present moment than it is wasting it on the past that I can't change. And then self-compassion, cultivating self-compassion by being understanding, being kind, forgiving myself. So instead of going over and over a mistake I made in the past, just being like, yep, you know, I did that. It was not the best choice at the time, but it happened. It's done. No need to dwell on it. Just focus on what I can do now. Make a better decision today. Don't focus on the one that I made in the past. I also had to, especially in the beginning, really focus on positively distracting myself. And what I meant by that is by turning my attention away from ruminating or doing these kind of obsessive mind games. (laughs) So if I found myself obsessing about something bad that had happened to me in the past and wishing that I could go back and change it or being like, oh God, it was stupid that I did X, Y, and Z. If I just turn my attention to something else, like, okay, I'm going to exercise now. I'm not going to think about that. Or calling up a friend that I could talk to or playing a game or painting something or doing anything else, just kind of distracting myself it's also interrupting the cycle. I don't necessarily like to rely too much on distraction because I think it interrupts our ability to practice mindfulness and presence. But in the beginning, when my rumination habit was really strong and it was really hard just to interrupt the momentum of it because it was so strong, I did find that this distraction strategy was really helpful just to break up the momentum. And there was no other really technique I could use at that time. So I wouldn't rely on distraction long-term 
But if you're just now trying to break the habit of something, distraction might be a great place to start because it is effective in just kind of instantly like waving something shiny. <laughs> your mind starts going into the past and you're like, look, ooh. <laughs> like you wave something at the at the mind and it's like, oh, what is that? Or it forgets to be depressed and obsessed with the past. And then I also found a lot of how through support. So reaching out to friends or to people that I paid, for example, like therapists who would help me kind of work through letting go of the past, rejecting this kind of notion that I had to go back there and fix it somehow, which was impossible. And being able to have someone to bounce off my ideas, my perspective, uh, give validation for the things that happened. They could also provide strategies of things I could try to help me process that. All of that contributed to my ability to break the habit of dwelling on the past, of ruminating. And it does take time, like anything else that we do when we're reprogramming the mind. It's like a muscle. It takes time to train the muscle. It takes effort to train the muscle. But if you're patient with yourself and you're committed to, to making those changes, you can absolutely break the habit of dwelling on the past. And again, the keys to that, I think, are good self-care, self-compassion, trying to stay focused on the present and the future much more than the past. And so making peace with the past, choosing to put it behind me, that doesn't mean that I forgot everything that happened. Obviously, I have two podcast shows. <laughs> I have not forgotten anything. And so it doesn't require that I downplay my experience or pretend that things didn't happen. You can still connect with those experiences without letting them poison your present life or your future. Here are some strategies that help me to honor my past, to be acknowledging of the things that happened, and at the same time, not getting caught up in negative rumination or dwelling. One thing that I do is I focus on purpose. I reflect on the purpose. So sometimes I will set aside a dedicated time for reflecting on my past experiences. Maybe I'll journal and I'll use this to gain insight or maybe I'll be like, what was the lesson here? What did I learn from that? And I will acknowledge my personal growth. So if I sit down with a journal and I want to look at a memory, this is a shadow work exercise, by the way. So if you want to go back and listen to my episode on shadow work, you can do that. But let's say that, for example, I wanted to think about something that happened with my mom, one of the experiences that happened with my mom. Let's use the one where she did not come to my recital when I was, I think I was six or seven. I'm not sure. I was very young and she was supposed to come hear me sing in the basically the cafeteria at the elementary school. But she never showed up and instead she got drunk and she had disappeared for a few days and the police found her car several days later. And because she didn't come, no one had picked me up from school. And so I was in this cafeteria well into the night. The police had to pick me up. They had to take me home. They had to break into the house so that I could sleep there. And then they had to go looking for my mother. So the whole thing was very difficult. I could dwell on that negatively or I could journal or kind of re-enter that memory and kind of give it a new perspective of what did I learn from that or what could I take from that experience or how did this make me love and appreciate my time with my mother more? How do I feel that this experience has made me a better person? Like now I value showing up for people, for being there when I say I'm going to be there. These are things that I value highly now. So just kind of looking at it from a proactive perspective, that would be one way to honor the past. And you can do that memory by memory, whichever memories that you are feeling like you're going to dwell on. <laughs> Maybe take them to your journal and try to look at them in a different way and extract the positive things from those experiences rather than focusing on the negative. Another thing that's helped me to honor the past without being obsessive, is practicing gratitude, cultivating gratitude for both the positive and challenging experiences of my life. Recognizing that 
Every experience that I've had, even the difficult ones, has made me who I am today. It's made me grow. It's made me stronger. It's made me kinder. It's made me more loving. And I appreciate that. And practicing gratitude is one way to keep it out of that dark, kind of obsessive space. It also gives me a chance to practice self-compassion, offering myself understanding and forgiveness and acceptance. So if I think about something that I did in the past, like I made a mistake. So for example, I had a girlfriend who cheated on me. And my response, much to my embarrassment, was I cheated on her in return. (laughs) I had a revenge cheating on a cheater. That makes no sense to me now as a healed person. But in the time, I, I thought that was an appropriate response. And so I could have either two responses to that. I could either beat myself up and be like, that was the stupidest thing that a person could have possibly done. Or I can be compassionate and be like, look, I did that because I was hurting. No, it's not great, but I understand where it's coming from. I forgive myself for making that mistake. I'm not going to try to right wrongs with more wrongs in the future, so on and so forth. And so there's an opportunity to practice self-compassion for the things that you've been through, that you've gone through as well. And then also focusing on the present moment pretty much makes it impossible to be obsessive about the past. Now I try to only go into the past to mine it for strength. So instead of dwelling on the negativity, I use my past experiences as a source of strength and motivation. Like, look how far I've come in 15, 20 years. Think about where I'll be in 15, 20 more years of pushing myself and growing. Like, that would be amazing. And so if I was able to overcome that, think about what I can overcome next and so on and so forth. Using it as motivation to keep moving, to keep practicing the self-love and compassion and acceptance that I think makes my life feel very fulfilling. And also I have found a lot of healing in sharing my story. So sharing my story with you guys, sharing my story on the podcast or in the memoir, sharing my experiences with other people was a way to promote my own growth to try to connect with others, to try to heal other people, to offer them encouragement and guidance on their own journeys of healing and understanding and self-love. And so you could also try sharing your story with other people in order to kind of make peace with your past. Whatever you want to do, just remember that honoring your past involves recognizing its significance, its importance to your life, and that you can integrate those experiences into your present moment without it being negative. You don't have to let the things that happened in the past overshadow your present and your future. You can be grateful to the things that happened. You can cherish and appreciate the things that happened and also not let that darkness be a part of your present moment. And if your present moment is dark, which is very possible, some of us are still there, you can make a resolution to honor your present moment knowing that one day it will be your past and to embrace the lessons that you're learning now, the growth that you're experiencing now, and just focusing on bringing as much fulfillment and meaning to your life as you can right now. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through email at cory at coryimshram.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, Please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. 
If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.